Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott Lafayne Knowles, and you are listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. On tonight's episode, I talked to my buddy uh, Lee Jarvis. He's killing it at Spartan races this year, and it's a pretty good interview. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. I got my buddy Lee Jarvis on the phone. He's going to talk to us today about how he is Spartan in this year. So, why don't you say hey, Lee? Hey, what's happening, peeps? So, uh, Lee, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you live you live in Connecticut, right? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I live in Griswold, Connecticut, currently. Uh, I've been here for about 20 years now. Uh, I grew up in the state of Connecticut, lived here all my life, and uh, been residing in Griswold for about you know, like I said, about 20 years, and uh, raised my kids here, and it's, it's been good. How many kids you got? Uh, I got three, actually. It's it's funny. Um, I got married when I was 18 years old, and uh, you know I had my first child shortly thereafter. Uh, I've got a 22-year-old college graduate wow. and uh, twins that are 19 years old that are entering their third year of college. So it's been a roller coaster of a ride for for me and my awesome wife Robin, but uh, it's been great. You know we've had some our ups and downs, but uh, it's been a good time, and uh, I couldn't be more blessed. Man, that's awesome. And I've got, you know, I don't have any kids at all. And just juggling, you know, a workout schedule and, you know, working and trying to just date, man, it just seems like there's not enough time in the day. How do you do it with, with three kids and a job? And I mean, how, how are you getting all this stuff done, man? Scott, I got to tell you, man, it's, uh, it's all a courtesy and, and gratefulness to my wife. Uh, I, I sacrifice a lot of time, you know, at night. I go to bed early. I get to bed at probably 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night most nights, and I'm in the gym at 4 o'clock, 4.15 every morning to get my workout in so I don't sacrifice family time at night. But she, uh, she's she been awesome, and she's really uh, she's been the glue to hold this whole thing together as far as what I'm able to accomplish. So the things I do on and off the course and, and the training that I get in, I give her a ton of the credit because she's the one at home at night meal prepping and just providing for me to be able to do this kind of thing. So it's it's just been a been a great ride, and I'm just so grateful to have uh, have the support from my wife. That's awesome, man. Well, it's like they say, behind a great man, there's a great woman, right? Absolutely. It'll be more true. Oh, that's cool. Well, what you do for a living, man? Uh, I work uh, as an inventory manager at a FW Web. Um, it's a plumbing, heating, cooling, industrial supply company, originally based in... Uh, the northeastern part of the United States. We currently are in, I think, eight states now. We have 90 different locations. So uh, I manage the inventory there and do some sales and some operations and, and things like that. So I'm kind of a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy in the, in the facility, which is good. Oh, cool, man, cool. So, uh, man, I, I know you've been tearing it up at the races this year, and I've, I've seen you, you podiumed in Masters. You've podiumed, what, two or three times, haven't you? 
Actually, four times, but yeah, I, uh, I've uh, I've been uh, I've been having a good ride so far, you know. And uh, there's been some great competition, and these guys are just pushing me and driving me to get better. Um, yeah, I got my first Masters podium at Jersey this year, back in April, and uh, ended up grabbing another one in Ohio and and uh, Tuxedo. I got one Saturday and Sunday, which was was awesome. It was it was a great weekend. I got my coin that weekend too, and. It's just awesome. been a great ride. My first year as a Masters Elite athlete, so I'm looking forward to uh, training harder and trying to get you know better in the future here. So was that your first podium ever at uh, New Jersey? It was. It oh was. man, and, I bet uh, that was awesome for you then. It was awesome, man. It was the highlight of my uh, my OCR my short-lived OCR career. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was thrilled. That that was a goal I had set earlier this year when I entered uh, the Masters Elite Masters division to, to grab a podium, and I've been successful and able to grab four so far. And uh, this, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong; these guys that are forty plus, they're, they're no joke. I mean, these guys are uh, these guys are strong athletes, and they got a lot going for me. I mean, you got Hobie Call now that's yeah. forty, Novakovic, and uh, a couple of the pro. The pro Spartan pros that are up there, so it's uh, it's no joke. Competition's real, and uh, they're pushing me to get better. So I'm looking forward to it. You're right, though. There's a lot of great Masters runners, and they're killing it this year. You're right about that. Um, which, which day did you? Because I was in Jersey both days. I remember seeing you, but you podium was it Saturday or Sunday? It was Saturday. Yeah, you and I were going back and forth on Sunday, and. Uh, I actually had a little bit of a struggle with a couple obstacles on Sunday. You you actually passed me in the woods, I believe, probably around mile six or so, and uh, uh, I just I had a little bit of an issue there with uh, with a couple things. The twister was one, and uh, I ended up having a fifth place finish that day after a third on Saturday. But um, yeah, it, it, the competition's great, man. It, it was great to meet you out there on the course, and uh, you know I'm looking forward to, to more battles with everybody out there this year. Yeah, man, New Jersey was weird for me, man. It's like I felt like crap on Saturday and figured, you know, today's going to suck too, but I, I felt better on the second day, which is weird. Sometimes it just goes that way. Sometimes you feel better on the second day. It's funny you mention that because typically on all the races I run, my Sunday runs are better. I mean, you start off with heavy legs and you feel like, man, I don't I don't feel great today. Stomach's a little upset. Yeah. I feel heavy, but... You know, typically you know the course, you've got a good idea what's going on here, and uh, you usually run a minute or two better, if not more, typically on Sunday, but I had a couple obstacle failures that cost me a couple of minutes in the end, and, uh, you know, that was ultimately what, what was the problem, but um, I was ahead of my pace. I halfway through the race, I was I was ahead of my pace from Saturday by a couple of minutes, but um, that's just the way it goes sometimes, you know? Yeah. Like, you get tired, and, and fatigue takes over, so... Yeah, um, I, re I remember seeing you in Florida, too. You smoked me there. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, the Florida race was a, was a great race. I, I actually ran a perfect race that day, and uh, I'll tell you, that bucket carry, it, it wasn't quite as steep as Jersey, obviously. It's flat there, but it was long. It was long. the water, and, and it, it kind of it beat me up a little bit. You, you and I were going back and forth in that bucket carry, and I think I got the better of you towards the end of the race, but... Uh, that's an obstacle I got to work on. I'm a, I'm a smaller frame guy, and the heavier carries tend to tend to wear me down a little bit. So yeah. that's definitely a weakness of mine. But uh, I got to work on it. That's all. 
I feel stupid because, like, I'll pass people on the bucket carry, and, like, as soon as I put the bucket down, within a quarter mile, they just all come stroking past me because they're just faster runners. <laughs> but, you know, you, you know, at the end of the day, you're running your own race, so you got to pick up time where you can, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah, everybody's got their strengths and weaknesses. I mean, I think I'm a, an average, maybe a little bit better than an average runner. I'm not a not a guy that can fly out of the gate and take off with a oh, five and a half, six minute pace for the first mile or two. But um, I've got endurance, which helps me in the long run, and I'm pretty well balanced on the obstacle. So I think that, that pays off in the end. Man, I, I totally agree with you, man. I don't see how those boys come out of that gate. I mean, they're running like under five minute mile pace, and I'm like, whoa! I just don't see how they do it. I would blow up if I did that. Yeah, <laughs> I've uh, I've never been a runner with that kind of strength. Like I said, I can I can keep a a good solid pace for a long time, but to run out of the gate with a five or sub five minute mile yeah. pace, uh, that's just nothing I could ever do. So yeah, I you can't. Know, these guys like the Kempson the Kempson brothers at Boston this past weekend. These guys are just. They're flying out of the gate, and they're maintaining that thing for the whole five miles in the sprint race, and it's yeah. just, it blows my mind. It really does. Yeah, it's, they're just top-notch, you know? Yeah. I can probably eat way more pizza than they can in one sitting, though. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Pizza's definitely a weakness, man. I, I wish you wouldn't bring that up, because <laughs> that's, that's definitely an issue for me. I, everybody loves pizza, I think, but um, that's what we train for, you know, to have those cheat days. So, that's right. You know. That's right. So, so Lee, how did you get, I saw you that you started, you did your first Spartan race in 2014, but was that your first obstacle race? How did you get started in it? I actually got started in 2013 at a Warrior Dash. Uh, me and a couple of buddies of mine had uh, saw this obstacle course and race, and we had no idea really what it was. And I was intimidated because I had been, I'd been kind of uh, sedentary for a while, being you know, the dad and having a, the children growing up, I was coaching them in softball and soccer and doing things like that, but I wasn't doing much myself. So I decided I was going to get to the gym and try to start getting in shape. So just a 5K race was intimidating to me. Yeah. And uh, we decided we were going to go out and do it, the three of us. And uh, it was it was a challenge for me. I think we ended up finishing around 30 minutes, but it was a hard 30-minute race for 3.1 miles for myself. But I was addicted at that point. I, I, I had loved the obstacles and uh, the challenge that was there. So I said, you know what? I'm going to get myself in the gym and start training more consistently. And uh, I believe that was in September of 2013. By 2014, in the spring, I was ready to go. And uh, I ran my first Spartan race in the Mohegan Sun. And I was immediately hooked with Spartan with the challenge, with the carries, and the overall just physical challenge that the race presented for me. And... Uh, I decided at that point in time that I was going to really, really get in the gym and push myself to the next level. And by 2015, I was really, really in the best shape of my life at the age of 38. And from then on, I, I've been in the gym five, six days a week, training hard. And I'm 40 now, and I'm definitely in the best shape of my life right now. And uh, I just, Spartan races really was turned the corner for me overall as far as my fitness goes. I've, I've got nothing bad to say about the series at all it's just totally totally revamped my my outlook on my fitness life and uh i'm excited about going forward into my 40s with it honestly right <clears throat> yeah man I, I agree with you it's like i was i was kind of like you know 
when after I got divorced, I was already running a little bit, but I just started doing a little more fitness. But and I was doing it for a few years. And once I did my first obstacle race, it was like it all clicked. This is what I have been working out and running for. You know what I mean? It kind Absolutely. of Absolutely, it's a it's a lifestyle change now. Honestly, Spartan the Spartan life is. You know, that's my life, you know, five to six days out of the week. I'm training in the gym every day for, I mean, for my health, obviously, but for racing as well. It's what, every race that I have out in front of me is keeping me training. It's keeping me in the gym. It's keeping me focused. So as long as I've got something on the calendar a week, two, three weeks, a month ahead of me, it's going to keep me moving. And uh, I think that goes a long way with a lot of people out there today now. You know, as long as you've got something on the calendar, whether it's a 5K, half marathon, whatever it is you're doing, as long as you got something in front of you, that's going to keep your head in the game and keep you training. So uh, I'm, I'm grateful for Spartan Race above all. I love all off-course racing, but Spartan has totally uh, changed my way of life for sure. Right. Um. So you said that you've been working out in the gym for like six days a week, man. What What, what is your main focus when you go into the gym? You know, are you still kind of like one day you do cardio, one day you throw around weights, or is it something different, kind of like CrossFit or? Honestly, uh, it, when I got into Spartan back in 2014, when I did my first race, there was a flyer in one of the, the packages that we're giving away for this gym called Unleashed Fitness. And uh, it's a gym I train at two days a week now in Warwick, Rhode Island. Um, I went there for an open house, and the training they've given me there is just totally, it's changed my life, honestly, towards the racing world. Um, we just do basically obstacle course training. It's a lot of burpees, push-ups, pull-ups, wow. squats, uh, lunges. It's all body weight stuff with weight and, and a lot of running, sprints. I don't really do any weightlifting at all. It's basically all just body weight exercises. I run three to four days a week, but it's a lot of uh, just functional fitness, and, that, and that's what's going to benefit you as far as racing goes. And it's been huge for me. It's absolutely been huge. That sounds cool. How many, how many miles you put in a week training? I do anywhere from 30 to 40. I typically do a, uh, a long run on Sunday, 10 to 12 miles, and I usually do a few shorter runs of uh, 5 to 7 miles Monday through Friday. Uh, on my non-running days, I'll typically do, uh, like I said, just body weight stuff, a lot of pull-ups, a lot of dips, squat, lunges, things like that with weight. And uh, that's generally how it goes. I don't train with uh, with much weightlifting or, or anything like that at all. It's basically all just functional foot fitness pushing and pulling and uh body weight stuff so that's what works for me that's cool that's cool man um so i saw that you were in uh boston this past was it this past weekend yes how was that race that was a great race actually that was that was a new venue totally to uh to spartan it was in rutland oh was it uh Yes, it was at Rutland. They advertised it as Boston, obviously, for the draw, you know, with the name. But right. uh, it was in Rutland, Mass. And uh, it was at a Boy Scout uh, reservation. Um, it was a really, really challenging course. Jason Barnes and his crew there did a great job. They uh, they put together a, a course that was pretty rocky. Uh, it, was, it was technical, a little hilly, for what you can imagine in that area. It wasn't a mountainous course, but it had some hill thrown in there. And uh, the terrain was really, really swampy and wet because of all the rain we've had up here. Um, I mean, anybody you talk to that ran that race would echo my sentiments. It was just a great sprint course, just about five miles. 
they had a tire flip there for the first time that I've been a part of this year, which was a brutal for me. Being a smaller guy, I had a real tough time with that. But um, it was it was a great, great venue. I'm looking forward to hopefully them uh, bringing it back again next year. Oh, cool. Um, because I know they had the they had a boss. They called it a Boston Super last year, but it must have been a different location. I didn't pay attention to that. Same thing. It was uh, actually in a uh, venue. Um, the venue was in Barry, Mass. It was on a farm. Carter and Stevens Farm is uh, where they actually hold it. Right. And um, it's probably about thirty miles or so outside of Boston. Good venue. It's uh, it's really flat. It's a farm, so it's pretty wide open. A lot of wide open area. A little bit of single track running, but um, the venue itself is great. They've got uh, a little brewery there and uh, a petting zoo for kids, and oh, cool. it's just it's a good family atmosphere as far as racing. If somebody's going to try their first Spartan race, whether it be a Super Sprint, whatever, it's a good venue for the whole family to be at. It's wide open and there's a lot of room for spectators, so uh, you know that's a good draw for them. Yeah. Yeah, and you were right. You know, Jason, Jason's crew, they, they do a great race. They did Virginia, Florida, and New Jersey, and all three. I did all three of those races, and they were all great races. Yeah, Jason's, Jason's been phenomenal this year. His, uh, his team, Team East, East Coast, has yeah. been, uh, they've been top-notch. They've, they've put together, like you said, the Florida race that I went to and, and a couple of the races on the East Coast. And uh, those guys definitely put their best foot forward, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what they got together for us for Palmerton here in a few weeks. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be doing another one of his courses this year. I don't, I don't unless he's doing West Virginia, maybe. I don't know which one. I believe he's doing. I'm not sure if he's doing West Virginia. I like to think he is because that's that's East Coast basically. Uh, I'm sure he's doing Palmerton, Pennsylvania, which I'm really looking forward to. But um, that'll be awesome. I'm an East Coast guy, so I don't know. Yeah, Other than that, what he's got planned, probably Carolinas and things like that. But uh, those guys have uh, they they stepped it up for sure. Yeah, man, they've been some great races this year. It seems like this year the races have been better than last year. I think, hands down. I agree. I uh, I'm I'm really excited about what Spartans done. I mean, with the new obstacles they put together this year, and uh, just the overall environment with the racers, things have uh, things have been great. I'm uh, I'm excited about the series going forward, and I hope that things can stay on the right track. For real. Um. So speaking of new obstacles, you said that they had the tire flip. Um, I haven't touched this tire yet, and I've been, you know, watching the live feed that even the pro team members are having trouble and issues with this tire, man. What tips do you have for anybody that hasn't touched this tire yet? Well, I gotta tell you, Scott, uh, I'm a I'm a 142 pound soaking wet, okay, and uh, I uh, I struggled with it. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I I failed it Saturday and Sunday both in my races, and it. it it potentially cost me a podium spot Saturday and Sunday. I was I was out of the running by the time I got to the, the tire flip. But uh, it's a 400 pound tire in Yokohama, and uh, it's uh, it's a very it's probably six, 12 to 16 inches off the ground and maybe 36 to 40 inches in diameter, and it's just solid solid rubber. You've got to be a very good uh, a squatter or uh, somebody that's got very strong legs to be able to get underneath this thing and, and pick it up. Most of the guys that I saw that were getting it were getting their fingers underneath the tire. You've got to, you've got to dig underneath it and, and get your fingertips or most of your fingers underneath this tire and try to get some leverage because if it's on a flat surface like pavement or concrete, there's almost no way at all to be able to get this tire up. It's so flat to the ground. It's a very, very challenging obstacle, especially for guys that are smaller framed like myself. So I've got a lot of work to do in that area. 
Wow, man. You're scaring me, dude. Because I know it's going to be in Asheville because that's going to be a TV race, and that's my next race. That's so. for sure. 100% for sure. I, I mean, I know it's going to be at Palmerton, and it's something I've got to work on because it was a very, very discouraging thing for me this past weekend. But um, it's all good. It's a weakness of mine, and I know something i got to improve on, so uh, I'm ready to hammer it down. So when you said that, were you not able to get your fingers up underneath it to lift it up? Yeah, you, Scott, the, the thing is you've uh, you've got to be able to get yourself into a position where you've got some soil or dirt or an area where you can actually dig underneath this tire. I mean, if you're coming up to this thing and it's on pavement or concrete, it, for me and most people that are out there, it's virtually impossible to pick this thing up. It's You've got to be able to get your your fingertips or most of your hand underneath it because the thing finishes so flush to the ground that it's it's really really difficult unless you're probably a you know a strong man to get this thing off the ground it's 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 a bear yeah i mean it's just it's flat and it's square there's no round to it at all no or concave inside this isn't like the typical uh you know, track tire. tire, you see that in most CrossFit gyms where you're able to, you know, even if it's a heavier tire, you, you've got some surface area underneath it if you look at your hands. Right? This tire is so flat to the ground that unless you dig a little trench with your foot or your hands, you can't get underneath this thing at all. So were you, were you able to do that? I wasn't. I, I actually, Saturday, I, I couldn't get it up at all, and I burpeed out. And uh, wow. I went out for a fun lap Saturday afternoon, you know, just, friends and uh my f4 teammates and we were just having a good time running around and taking it easy obviously not fatigued and redlining from racing i was able to get it up four times no problem but like i said that was under no pressure no stress right sunday i was bound to determine that i was going to get redemption and i'm like no matter what i'm going to get this tire up i got it up once no problem the second time i couldn't get it i uh my fingers just kept slipping and slipping and slipping i spent probably five to six minutes trying to flip this tire couldn't do it, and I uh, eventually burpeed out, and that was it. That was probably the most discouraging moment of my season thus far. So I know that that's a, a problem for me. I've got a lot to work on with that. So motivating. Man, you got me worried now. <laughs> you know, and I, I've, I've I haven't approached this thing at all, but and I but part of me is very curious. If you could straddle this tire and grab the inner rim side of it just to start lifting it off the ground, or is it, or is it just too massively heavy to do that? You know, that, Scott, that's a technique that, uh, that I haven't tried. I didn't get a lot of time to practice it. Uh, I kind of wish the gym I trained at had something that was a little more challenging because, I mean, the tires we have there, you know, they're challenging, but, I mean, you Not can like put that. them... Easily, you know, without much of an effort. I mean, obviously, the more you do, the more you get fatigued. But this right. tire here, just one flip on its own, is a challenge. So it's something I got to work on. I watched uh, the uh, Seattle uh, live stream and the Monterey live stream. Watched a couple of guys do it there. So I've got a, a little bit of an insight. Hopefully, going forward to to what I'm going to try. But I haven't tried the inside yet. And some guys were talking about that. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot in Palmerton and see what happens. Cool, cool, man. Make sure you get there early so we can see you on the live feed. <laughs> For sure. Do my best. <laughs> so, um, so man, uh, let's see here. So, 
I mean, we, we've talked about the tire flip, but would, would you say that's one of the obstacles you dread the most or, or to this point? For sure. For sure. At yeah, this point? for sure. That's, uh, I mean, I'm not, uh, I feel confident on most of the obstacles in Twister and the Olympus and the newer things. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that I can get through those now. It's the, it's the heavier carries that challenge me, even the bucket brigade now. I mean, guys will pass me on that. I've got, it's a strength thing. I mean, I'm, I'm a smaller framed guy, you know, and uh, I don't work on probably the carries as much as I should. I try to make up for that on my speed and the, and the endurance. But um, tire flip is definitely my nemesis at this point, for sure. See, I do okay with the monkey bars, Olympus, and the Twister, but if, like, if they're soaking wet, it's kind of a different element because, like, in New Jersey, I failed Olympus the first day, and the second day I got it, you know, so. It's, I think I've got a better way of doing it. I used to just stay all in the holes, and now I stay high and use the top holes and the plastic you know, little rock climbing holds. I think that just, because I think where I was messing up on Olympus is when you come down lower, when you keep coming low and going high and you're moving your feet up and down constantly, I think that's where I was messing up the most on Olympus. How, what is your uh, technique for going through Olympus? I've uh, I've actually been pretty successful with Olympus going with the, uh, the holes. I, I tend to start on uh, the left side and cross my hands over left to right. And uh, if I have to, I'll grab a rock climbing grip, but the holes in the rock climbing grips are usually my, uh, my success. I've been watching some of the elites on the, uh, the live streams using the chains, though, and uh, I'm thinking about giving that a shot at Palmerton because it seems like uh, the speed on the chain transition might be a little bit faster. So it seems like, you know, you sink the hips in and keep your feet flat if you can. If, the, if, the, if it's not a wet course, obviously, because you don't want to slide, but... Yeah. Um, you can keep your hips deep and keep your feet flat on the boards it seems like the chains are the most efficient way to go so i'm looking forward to trying that out right yeah it's, it's like you said you know if if it's dry you know i'd definitely go try the chains but i mean if it's a wet olympus i wouldn't i'd be scared to try it yeah i'll tell you honestly uh you know the fear factor sets in when you're in competition mode and uh i've used my knees quite a bit you know, yep. when it's been wet, just because I'm afraid that I'm going to flip with my feet, so I know what you're saying, Scott. Yeah. Man, and it, it, yeah, when it is wet and you have to go to your knees, man, that makes it really hard then, for sure. It um. does, but it, at the same time, it almost seems like you feel a little more secure because you've got your knees and your, you know, you got the, the bend of your foot to help support you, so it seems, seems to give you a little bit more comfort than just going with your feet when it's wet. I saw a picture, uh, I think it was at the Montana where they had the beast, but I, I'm, it had to have been for open class, but on those chains that you're talking about, there was actually a tennis ball at the end of that chain to where if your hand slipped, that tennis ball would catch you so it wouldn't slip completely off. Wow, I, I'm yet to see that. Um, I haven't seen it either, but I saw it on a picture. <laughs> that seems kind of comforting a little bit, honestly, if you think about it. I mean, uh, you got something else to hold your hold your hand up there and give you a little bit of extra support. That seems uh, welcoming. Um, like I said, I've been pretty successful on the Olympus so far this year. I'm trying to get more efficient with everything, but um, yeah, I've yet to see that. Yeah, I, it's like I said, I don't know if it was something they were just trying at the race, or maybe they were just doing it to 
take a photo or something, but there was a, there was a woman on it, and it was like they had a, a ball hooked onto the end of that chain where you, if your hand slipped, that ball would catch it. I don't know if they were maybe trying to give a, you know, an, maybe they probably didn't have it on all of the chains, but maybe they did it on a couple of the rows, so some of the people that might struggle with it in the open class would have a better chance, maybe. That's a possibility. Yeah, I know that uh, they tinkered with some stuff on the open class this year. Uh, at Tuxedo specifically, they had a rope ladder that they had put up. Uh, it was like a tactical military ladder in the rope climb area for the open class to use to try to, I don't know if it was just something they were testing out or, or what the deal was, but, you know, I'm, I'm all for um, bringing people off the couch, and if that's what it takes to get people out there and get themselves involved in it, the starting point, that's great. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're doing an open class race and you get to the rope and you try the rope and you can't do it, you know, you can do the rope ladder to still say, hey, I was able to get up there and ring the bell, you know, Absolutely. but I mean, and it, it might be one of those things where it, they're thinking about adding another obstacle where you just have to go and climb this rope ladder. Cause I mean, think about it. That's a pretty I mean, I could probably get up a rope faster than I could that rope ladder just because if that rope ladder's swinging around and everything, that would be kind of challenging to get up. For sure. I mean, you and I obviously know the technique of climbing a rope, so the rope ladder itself, like you said, it swings around and moves, and uh, you've got probably four to five more steps on the ladder itself than you would poles on a rope climb. So, yeah, for us, that might even be a slower option, but... um I know um, at Killington last year and previous years, they've had the uh, the rope ladder in the water at the bridge that you've had to climb up to get to a, a rope swing. So, I mean, it's not entirely new, but yeah. as far as over land, it's a new option for uh, for the open class, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, it it, it looked it looked pretty interesting. And where, where, and where are you talking about? Well, that was at Killington, right, where they have that? Yeah, last year and uh, in previous years, they've got an obstacle where you've got to swim out to this bridge section, and uh, there's a rope ladder there that you've got to climb up, and you've got to, there's like four to five uh, short ropes that you've got to swing, and, you know, you, you for, at first you climb up the rope ladder, you hit the bell, then you've got to swing on four to five short Tarzan ropes to hit another bell, then drop into the water. So um, it's not the first time that that rope ladder's been been out there but uh it's probably the first time in that environment that they put it out that sounds pretty challenging was that a hard obstacle to do very challenging uh the the, the swinging off the short ropes was the most challenging part climbing the rope ladder i mean you can take your time and get up that thing it's in the water but it's it's only probably 10 to 12 feet from the water to the top so it, it's not that bad but uh that's one of the most fun obstacles that Spartan has to offer. And uh, it was a situation where 2015, they uh, they took that swim and rope ladder obstacle out for whatever reason Spartan did. And uh, most of the racers that loved the Killington venue were highly upset about that. And they were voicing their opinion and displeasure about it. And uh, they actually brought it back last year. And it was a, a major, major challenge in the race. It was probably a good three quarters to a mile of water that you had to deal with wow. between the swim out to it, hitting the bell, swimming to shore, and then a pretty good traverse in water for probably a quarter to three eighths of a mile in, in water that was waist to chest deep over trees and through a rocky area. So it was, uh, it was a, it was a great race last year out there. Yeah. I heard Killington was, was a bitch last year, especially the ultra. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a course that if you haven't been to it, it's, 
young person, I mean, that's that's a venue that you really need to try to get to. It's, uh, it's the birthplace of Spartan Race, and uh, I love going to it. I look forward to it every year, and um, it, it's just a very, very challenging, steep mountain all the way around. Word, word, word. Um, and I, We were talking about different things they were trying. I noticed it in, in Ohio when you ran that race at the slip wall, they had all the ropes pulled up for the elite class. How fun was that? I'll tell you what, Scott, that was exciting for me. I got to the obstacle and uh, I saw like six to seven guys standing around with their hands on their hips and they were just kind of like, <laughs> what the hell's going on here? And I got there and I was like, okay. And they were like, yeah, there's no there's no rope on this football. I'm like, all right. So I stepped back and I just sized it up and looked and just took a charge at it and ran up it real quick and grabbed it and I was able to grab six, seven positions which was pretty exciting for me. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a problem. I mean, it was it was slippery but uh, I just put my head to the grindstone and uh, I was able to get up there and uh, I'm actually hoping they continue to do that in races going forward because for a small guy like me, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Man, I, I tell you what, that could be a total game changer if they did start doing that because I mean, you've been at those races where those things are just covered in mud, and you're like, man, there's no way. I mean, my buddy Jason, he was there, and he said, man, I had to burpee out of it because he couldn't get up it. Yeah, I actually saw guys burping out as I came down the backside of it. And you know what, Scott? I'm thinking to myself right now as we're talking about this. I'm like, you know what? That's that's something that I can use to my advantage versus guys that can get that tire over me. Heck so yeah. <laughs> for me, that's... Uh, a welcoming sight if I see that going forward. Man, you know that some people just had to slip and just bust their tails on that thing, too. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, fortunately, like I said, I got there and uh, I was there maybe 30 seconds. I looked at a couple guys that were a little discouraged and I was like, you know what? I'm going to back up 50 feet and uh, set my feet and run. And I did and I got up and I was on my way. But uh, there was definitely some guys that were like, what the hell's going on here? You know? But like I said, uh, I'm excited about that if I see it versus uh, a 400 pound tire that gives me a struggle. So we'll see what happens in the future here. I know, bro. I'm worried about this tire too, man. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, it's like I'm ready to see it, but I'm not. I'm ready to right, find out right. if I can flip it over or not. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. I was worried about it. My buddy Paul, who's part of my F4 OCR team, he uh, he was out in Arizona in February for uh, the first race of his season, and uh, he was telling me about it. And I'm like, okay. You know, so I'm thinking about it, and he's like, yeah, you know, a lot of guys were struggling with it, but I think you'll get it. It's tough. First flip is is okay. Second flip's going to get you. So I'm like, all right. So I've been working a little bit here and there, and, you know, obviously I got the jersey. It wasn't there. Went to Tuxedo. It wasn't there. Florida it wasn't there. <laughs> Ohio wasn't there. And I get to Boston, and I find the course map, and I'm like, okay, this thing's here. So I'm a little concerned now, you know, and – uh I get in the festival area before the race, and I, I get it up a couple times, and I'm like, all right, I think I got a handle on this. But, you know, when you're sitting there calm and just your heart rate's flat and yeah. you're hanging out with buddies, it's a totally different ballgame than when you're redlining in a race. You know that. Right. Oh, definitely. So, um, Did they have it stacked uh, with other obstacles? What's that? Did they have it, like, stacked with other obstacles? Was there, like, a hard obstacle right before it? Yeah, it's, it's funny you mention that because it was, like, probably – almost eyesight away from the spear throw. Oh, wow. The spear throw was first, and then that was, like, literally less than a quarter mile away from it. So that was two obstacles. That if you were a light guy like me, if you failed that spear and missed that, your race was over. Oh, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge for, uh, for us 
frame guys for sure. It's something we got to work on. For real, for real. See, man, I saw that your uh, your wife actually ran that race with you too. She did. She. I'll tell you what. She's uh, she's been awesome. She's been totally inspiring, and uh, she trains a lot of. Uh, her training is a lot different than mine. She does a lot of heavy lifting and heavy reps and stuff. She yeah. does more of a CrossFit workout than I do. But um, she had her best race of the year this past weekend in Boston. And uh, while I was sulking and pouting on Sunday, due to the fact that I couldn't flip this tire, she was gloating over the fact that she had her best race. So I was totally supportive of her and, and happy that she had a, a great day out there. But um, it's just been a, it's been an awesome thing for the two of us to come together and have something together fitness wise that we love and enjoy and are able to do it together and uh you know encourage other people that are out there as well that's a big part of it for me i mean the people we train with at the gym unleashed that i go to uh you've got a wide range of fitness levels there and it's just fun to deal with people that get off the couch are excited about doing their first race and you see them making progress you know week in and week out it's an exciting time for everybody honestly the people are training them people that are motivating them and, and just them themselves. So that's a huge part of this OCR thing for me as well. Oh, yeah, man. It's always a good time, bro, for sure. And you said something about you had, a like, an OCR team. I saw y'all had, y'all had like, matching shirts and everything. What, what did you say the name of it was? F, F4, yeah. F1? Yeah, F4. It's um, this generates right now Unleashed in the world with UnleashedUSA.com. Um me and my buddy Mike Rodriguez, Paul Vespia, and Mark Phillips started this class on a Wednesday night a couple of years ago. Um, our trainer, Kevin Roy, uh, it's an obstacle course fit combine that we started. And uh, oh, cool. the four of us basically were the first four that started this group on a consistent basis. We were out there probably for the first six to eight months. Just the four of us, maybe a, you know another person here, another person there. We were there every Wednesday night just grinding it out. Kevin was pushing us, and uh, we started F4 as the faithful four of the group. You know, that was what we called ourselves, faithful four, because every Wednesday night at 6.30, no matter what was going on, we were going to be there. Well, so cool. F4 was birthed out of that class, basically, and uh, it's grown from there. That class has taken off. We've got like 18 to 25 people now on Wednesday nights out there, but um, the four of us birthed a great relationship and friendship from that class, and... Uh, we race together on almost every race weekend, and it's it's just been a great bond for all of us. Hey, that's awesome when you got a, a bunch of friends together that you know like to do the same things. That's really cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's been great for us. I mean, uh, we're the four of us are very committed to uh, the OCR thing and uh, Spartan race in particular, and, and it's just you know, we race with integrity, and uh, we just we love. We love what we do and we're passionate about it, so it, it's a big thing for us. That's awesome, man. Um, so we talked about how the tire flip is, you know, the obstacle you probably dread the most. What what obstacle do you think that you kind of, that is like your best obstacle or the one you, you can do the best? I got to tell you, Scott, when I see two to three barbed wire crawls in a race, I'm looking forward to that. Let me tell you, buddy, I'm a 5'6 I'm a guy and uh, I'm low to the ground, so... I can bear crawl like nobody's business, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to every barbed wire crawl I see. I pick up positions on people in every race in that barbed wire crawl. So the more of those I see, the better for me. That's definitely the strength that I have in racing. 
man, I'm good at the barbed wire crawl. But if I kill myself going through it real fast, it seems like when it's time to stand up and run again, it's like, okay, I'm gassed. Do you feel like that when you come out of it? No, man, honestly, because I balance it. I'll do a little bear crawl, I'll roll to the right, and I'll roll to the left, a little bear crawl, roll to the right, roll to the left. My body my body type is so so short that I can uh, I can get pretty low. I mean, I may scrape myself here and there, but I'm pretty low to the ground, so I don't really have an issue with uh, the height part of uh, the barbed wire. So I motor through it pretty fast. I mean, I'm... Uh, I balance myself as far as, like I said, like the uh, the rolling. Some guys will get, you know, they'll get a little confused. They'll roll to the right, roll to the right, roll to the right, and they'll get dizzy. I'm like, you got to swap it up. You got to switch it up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, listen, guys. I'm like, you guys just gotta get through it. You gotta, you know, you start feeling a little dizzy, go to the left, and go back to your right. So it balances itself out, you know. So I try to give people a little bit of advice on that. But for me, that's definitely a strength for me. That's one of my biggest strengths. That's cool. Um, man, I got to ask, since you said that you're 5'6", you know, that's that's kind of short out there. And I asked Kevin Donahue this, and he said, well, I can just jump really high. But how do you get over the 8-foot wall? Let me tell you, uh, Scott, I've been, uh, been practicing my box jumps at Unleashed, and uh, that's been a huge, huge thing for me because it's been a couple times last year. At the Jersey Ultra Beast last year, my second lap, I couldn't get that 8-foot slash nine foot wall man that wall was tall i I run the ultra there last year it was tall they call it eight i i tend to believe it's more than eight i tend to believe it's eight from the fact that they measure it from the wall itself not from the ground up that's right but anyway um the second lap that i had last year at the ultra i couldn't get it and i had to burpee out of it but um i think a lot of that has to do with the terrain itself how muddy and slick it is for short guys like myself and the footwear you're wearing but uh, I've been really diligent in working on my box jumps, and this year I haven't had one problem with that eight foot wall. Being a short guy like myself, so, Kevin's in a different ball game. He's in a different class than me, but um, you know he he's he's an amazing athlete, and uh, I envy him. So when you come up to the eight foot wall, what is your technique? Uh, I usually just try to take uh, I size it up and take a couple steps back and run up and try to just get one good jump. And one plant with my right foot and grab on. I'm not tall enough, obviously, to just stand at the base like some guys and jump up vertically and grab. I've got to get one jump, a plant, and then a grab. So that typically works for me depending on whether or not the, the surface below me is that muddy. If it's very muddy, then that could be a challenge for me. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I've, I've never tried to do it like that. I mean, I've always just, I can get right there and... And I can usually jump up and get my fingertips on it, and but I've never tried to just run at it and kind of do like you said, like kind of jump one foot on there and kind of bounce off of that to the top. I've never tried that, but I've always kind of wanted to. And I figured, yeah, that's uh, that's the only way that I'm going to be able to do that that obstacle. I, I'm just not tall enough to be able to jump from flat foot and vertically reach up and grab it. Unfortunately. Um, I mean, I could probably get a slight bit of fingertip on it, but not enough to feel comfortable. What shoes are you racing in that are, you know, that, do, do they help you, grip I, the wall? I, I transitioned to a uh, Solomon S-Lab Sense 5 soft ground this year. Right. That's the, uh, the previous model from the new model, which is a 6, but um, 
those shoes have really good surface area, and I think that's uh, that's helped shorter guys like myself get a push when you're jumping off your left foot and pushing with your right to be able to actually grab that wall with a little bit of surface area and, and reach. So uh, I give a lot of credit to the shoe themselves for, for that because a lot of these guys that see with the speed crosses, they have that chevron-style pattern on the bottom of their shoes. Yeah. And it's just not a lot of surface area on that shoe to be able to get a good push. Right. So um, I think that the footwear definitely has something to do with it as well. You know what? I think you told me about that when we was running in, in New Jersey because I think I remember you telling me that you tried a zero drop shoe one time and it was just killing your killing your Achilles or something like that, wasn't you? Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right That's about right. that. I run the the, uh, the S Lab Sense Five Soft Ground that I run in are a four to five uh, drop, and uh, that's perfect for me. I run in a ten to twelve with the speed crosses, which most people run in, and uh, the zero drop. Or a lot of guys run in Innovates and Ice Bugs. It's just it's just not enough support for me and my foot, and uh, I I just I can't do that. But this this uh, this Sense Solomon Soft Ground Five Ultra is, has been phenomenal for me this season. Cool, cool. Well, that kind of that kind of leads into my next question. But uh, I mean, besides those shoes, you know, do you have any other products that you like swear by when you know that you always use when you go to a race? Uh, I I tell you what, footwear. Like I said, for me, footwear is the biggest thing. If you don't have happy feet, forget it. I mean, if you you know, if a shoe isn't up to your performance as far as jumping or, or you know, shedding mud or whatever, but it keeps your feet happy in a race and in your open class, go with that shoe. But to find a shoe that's all around the best, that's what's going to make you perform the best as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you train and train and train and put your best foot forward, but footwear is, is the ultimate make or break. You can wear any kind of shorts, shirt, no shirt, headband, vest, no vest, hydration pack. I think footwear is the biggest thing for any obstacle course racer out there, and uh, you're, you're that's, right. that's that's my biggest thing, honestly. Yeah, you're exactly right, man. If you ain't got the right footwear, you know you could be killing yourself out there. Cause I we, mean, you could be two to three miles into a race, and you got blisters and hot spots on your feet. If your feet aren't happy, you're not going to be happy. That's the bottom line. Yeah, no doubt. What socks do you run with, or? I run in uh, a mug gear socks. Uh, they, they're a really tight compression sock, and uh, they, they form fit around my feet really well, and uh, I've had no issues with them at all. I've been using those for the last three seasons, and I run those every race, and I like them a lot. You know what? Speaking of that, uh, I just recently, uh, my mud gear socks, they started getting... It wasn't a sure sure enough hole, but you could see where the material was kind of spreading apart, where a hole was about to come up. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure if it was one of those times where I didn't have my shoes tied tight enough and my foot was moving up and down in the shoe or, or, or whatever. Because it's actually, it was happening back on the heel and it was act- and happening towards the front, like my big toe. And so I emailed them and told them, hey, this is what's going on. They said, cool, send us some pictures. And I sent them a couple of pictures, and they sent me an email right back and said, you know, and I think I might have run maybe 10 races in them total. And they said, look, these socks aren't supposed to do that. We'll send you another pair. And they were here in like two days. So my hat's off off to mud gear, you know, taking care of their customers. Yeah, that's a phenomenal uh, product, but and standing support, standing by their their athletes. Honestly, I've I've 
get five to six pairs of their socks. And uh, I've had a couple issues with wear myself on, around the ankle area. And, uh, you know, I haven't submitted a claim on anything just because I run a lot of miles and I train in those socks. But that's great that they're, their customer service is so good. That's going to keep customers coming back to those those guys for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, they are they are really, really good socks. So, uh, like, I usually ask everybody this question if I get time. But, like, what is your 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 race ritual that you go by? Like, it might be anything leading from, like, the day before. Do you do every, anything the same, you know, the morning of? Or if you're running a weekend race, is there anything you do after the Saturday race immediately to get ready for the Sunday race? Like, what what is your race rituals? Oh, I, I definitely have some race rituals. Uh, typically on a Friday night, my, my go-to is... Uh, Steak and baked potato. I typically will eat uh, half of uh, sirloin tip steak or uh, porterhouse and uh, save the next half of the morning before and a half the baked potato as well. I uh, I usually get up three to four hours before race day, so as soon as I get up and get my morning going, I'll, uh, I'll consume half that steak and half that baked potato and maybe have half a bagel, but that's, uh, that's my go-to on every race weekend. It's usually steak and baked potato or... Uh, half of a salmon steak and baked potato as well. That's one of those two things is what I'm doing every weekend for sure before a race, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, that's awesome, man. You get up in the morning and eat steak and potato. That's cool. That's cool. So, and then you, and you said you do that on Saturday night too. Yeah, it's usually on a Friday night before the race and Saturday night before a Sunday race for sure. Every every race weekend, that, that's usually my staple. Oh, that's cool. Do you do you do anything like right after the race to like recover or? Typically after the race to recover, I just uh, you know typically drink a protein shake with some BCAAs, and uh, you know I might have a fit aid if uh, Spartan Race has it at the venue, which this year they haven't, unfortunately, because I look forward to that. But yeah. um, I, I, used I don't go to too crazy. Too I don't. I try not to step out of my uh, my regiment too much, so you know it's usually the, the same thing. That's cool. That's cool. I'm I'm a total opposite. I try to eat good when I'm at home and working out and everything, but on race weekend, man, I just throw caution into the wind and just eat everything in sight. Well, I gotta tell you, Scott. <laughs> Sunday nights typically after the race, I'll uh, I'll I'll take up. That would be if I'm racing a double race weekend on Sunday nights. Yeah, I might I might step out and have a little bit of pizza or you know something bad like that. That's my reward for a weekend that I've I've done some work. So yeah, that's typically it where I reward myself. I hear you, man. Okay, uh, to this point, what has been your favorite race? And it doesn't have to be a Spartan race. Uh, to this point, so far, I would probably have to say Killington 2016 was probably my most fun event that I've run so far. Uh, I came into that event feeling the best I've ever felt in my life. And uh, I was trained very well, and I just seemed to, to flow really well on the on the hills and the downhills, the swim. Everything went well. I had a perfect race that weekend on Saturday. And uh, memory, as far as memory goes, as far as races go overall, that was probably my my most memorable favorite race that I've ever done. The Jersey Beast Ultra Beast last year was a great race as well. I enjoyed that. That was. That was the biggest challenge I ever had in my life. That was my um, first ultra too. I, I, yeah, I uh, it, that was probably thirty-one and change miles in the two thousand and sixteen ultra at Jersey. 
at that point in time, that was the biggest accomplishment and still is as far as mileage goes in my life. Yeah, mine too. But I was, I was more in like a survival mode, specifically on that second lap. So I wasn't really pushing it as hard as I could have. I just wanted to get through that 31 and a half miles. That was me, um, man. So, I, I killed the first yeah. lap, and the second lap was, okay, I know what I got to do now. Yeah, the second lap, I was just like, okay, you know what? I know I'm going to get through this. Let's just stay injury-free. This is pretty much the first race of the season. I want to get through it respectively, and uh, and that was it. But Killington, at the end of the year last year, I was in um, the, I was in mid to late season form and feeling great, and that was, uh, that was definitely the highlight of my season for sure last year. This year is a different ball game. Um, I'm a Masters Elite athlete this year, and uh, I've grabbed four Masters Elite podiums to date. That's awesome. So bro. I'm I'm really excited about what the second half of the season has to offer, and uh, I'm just I'm pumped, man. The, the training that I'm getting unleashed and, and the support of my F4 teammates. Um, I think I'm going to do big things here going forward. I just got to keep my head focused and uh, keep going here. I, that, that's about it. You hung them plaques on the wall yet? Uh, of course. I got them hung in my wallway. So, <laughs> my hallway. My wife's like, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, this is this, this is what we got, honey. So, this is where they're going, you know. We got to take this picture down. I got to put my awards up now. <laughs> exactly. Enough of these family pictures. They got to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bro. So, uh, you told us about what your favorite race or you thought your best race was. Tell us what you think your hardest race was or like the worst your worst race has been to this point uh my worst race to this point honestly was last weekend it was uh it was the boston sprint and uh i i was i was in i was feeling good most of the day until that uh that tire flip came about and it got in my head and i spent a lot of time there trying to flip that tire and i, and I couldn't do it so that uh, they got in my head, and it's in my head now. So that's a focus of mine going forward, and um, I'm going to overcome that. But um, up to this point in my racing career, for sure, last weekend was the turning point. Um, looking forward to the challenge at Palmerton, because I'm sure it's going to be there, as well as West Virginia, as well as Tahoe. So I've got a lot of work to do, and uh, I look forward to it. So you're going to go to Tahoe this year? That's awesome, bro. Oh. I'll be at Tahoe. I was able to uh, claim my uh, world championship coin at uh, Tuxedo on the second, on the first weekend, and uh, I'm I'm totally stoked and excited about that. That was one of the goals I had set for myself earlier this year, and uh, it came to fruition. So I can't wait. Oh yeah, I don't blame you. So when you get that coin, don't they like email you a, a like a different kind of registration to like or code or something to get into that elite prize money heat? What they call it. Yes, what they do is uh, the World uh, Elite Coin Holder Coin Holder Heat. They will email you a code probably a week to ten days after you receive that at the venue, and uh, it's a special code you plug into your Chrono Track account, and it allows you access to that that event, which is awesome. Because once you get that and plug it in, it's just a totally different uh, feeling you have inside you. You know. Oh yeah, man, that's awesome, bro. <clears throat> so. Um... All right, Lee, man, I, I'm about out of questions, man. Is there anything else you want to tell us about you got going on? or? No, man, I'm just I'm excited, man. Sky, I appreciate you having me on today, and uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. we got Palmerton coming up here in a couple of weeks, and uh, I'm excited for uh, my Unleashed team and my F4 OCR teammates 
going forward here and uh, anywhere else that I can help along the way and inspire in the OCR journey. That's a, a huge focus and goal of mine. I just love being a part of this community and uh, I appreciate uh, everything uh, you've done in this community for all of us, man. And uh, look forward to seeing you out on the course here shortly. Shoot, man, I appreciate that. Um, what races are you planning on doing the rest of the year? Well, I've got Palmerton coming up in a couple of weeks, and uh, I've got Barry in Boston. Uh, I've got uh, the West Virginia trifecta weekend following that. I'll see you and there. You, you're going to do the whole all three races? Oh, yeah, I'll be in all three for sure. Yeah, I'll be in all three. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun. It's going to be my first trifecta weekend as its own. So Yeah, me I'm too. That's going to be cool. That. And uh, then I've got Killington... Uh, Beast after that, and I believe Tahoe. Um, and I think it's uh, the New Jersey Super and Fenway Sprint, and I believe it's the Central Florida Beast after that. And I think the season's just about over after that. So it's we've had a lot of stuff going on up till now, and it's, uh, it's a little bit thin going forward. But uh, I'm excited. Hopefully, it gives me a lot of training time. Cool, man. I'll see you at a couple of those races. I'll be at Florida and be at West Virginia, so I'm looking forward to bumping into you on the race, man. We'll, we'll definitely hook up for sure, bro. All right. Hey, Lee, man. I appreciate you talking to us again, brother. God, I appreciate the time, man. Thank you very much. Have a good time. All right, man. Talk to you later. Thanks. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the interview, guys. I want to thank Lee again for taking the time to talk to us. He's a super cool guy. Um... My next race will be in Asheville. Uh, hope to see everybody there. Come up to me and say, hey, what's up? Leave us a review on iTunes. Tell us how bad we suck. Um, follow me on Instagram, Facebook. We'll see you at the next race. Peace.